Welcome to another edition of MMA Gold Media Podcast, where every week we will bring you a summary of what happened in the world of the UFC. We will cover the most relevant breaking news, as well as interview clips from the most newsworthy personalities and fighters in our sport. Relax and listen up. Joe Rogan believes this heavyweight contender would give John Jones a tough fight. Joe Rogan praised Sergei Pavlovich for his potential in the UFC heavyweight division. Now that Francis Ngannou has parted ways with the UFC, the heavyweight division has a new future with some fresh faces. The latest contender to keep an eye on is Pavlovich, a 30-year-old Russian with a 5-1 promotional record. During episode number 134 of the Joe Rogan Experience MMA show, Rogan had this to say about the knockout artist. That's the boy, Sergei Pavlovich. That mother That's the Russian Francis Ngannou. Rogan said, I'm very interested to see him fight a guy like John Jones. That's crazy to me. Let's hear it from the man himself. Pavlovich. Oh, Pavlovich. Oh, my God. That's the boy. Yeah. Sergei Pavlovich. That motherfucker. That's the Russian Fedor. I mean, the, the Russian Francis, rather. He, like, comes out guns blazing on people, just like Francis used to. That motherfucker can bomb. He's a mon- he's, he's so fast, too, with yeah. that. He's so Very accurate. Good. Very good. Does it have any fights of his? Uh, not on that website. Oh, okay. Not the way I have it set up. Um, the way he see, beat Black Beast and yeah. <laughs> uh, Taito Ivasa yeah. so quick, I, I was know. like, The Taito Ivasa fight was incredible. I mean, we think about Cyril Gaon going through that war with him, and Sergey just put it on him. After not fighting for two and a half years, Pavlovich put the entire division on notice in 2022. The Russian fought three times in the calendar year all first-round knockouts and TKOs. Going into 2023, the 30-year-old could fight for the heavyweight title sooner rather than later. Francis Ngannou fires back at Dana White. Mixed martial arts superstar Francis Ngannou recently replied to Dana White's comments on why he's no longer in the UFC. In his latest YouTube video, the former UFC heavyweight champion opened up about his decision to leave the promotion. Ngannou discussed the real reasons for his departure, as well as what the UFC could do to him in the following weeks. They're going to be saying lots of things, they're going to be trying to bash me, to devalue me, but you have to remember who the real king is. I'm the best heavyweight in the world. Ngannou said, let's take a look at the predator. They have also said that I'm scared of fighting John Jones or somebody else, which I don't know where they came from with that one. That's sounds very ridiculous in my opinion with all due respect because i've been calling for this fight for over two years i've been waiting for this fight forever and i've been fighting guy even with one knee with injury and now why do i be scared of them why i feel even more confident no i'm not scared the only thing that i'm scared of is to be trapped it's not to lose my freedom Sean O'Malley believes Hamzat Chimaev moving to middleweight will hugely benefit Boers. Sean O'Malley has weighed in on recent rumors regarding Hamzat's potential move from the welterweight division to the middleweight division. One of Hamzat's welterweight rivals, Gilbert Burns, recently claimed that he heard Boers might return to middleweight next. The undefeated Hamzat failed to make the welterweight limit in his most recent fight in September 2022. Hamzat's weight class opponent, and date for his next bout are currently shrouded in mystery. In the latest edition of the Bro Mally Show, 
UFC bantamweight superstar Sugar Sean O'Malley addressed how moving to middleweight would help boars. O'Malley stated, Go up to 185. You can eat. You can be strong. Like that. Career yeah. move for that guy. Because making 70, he has to be on a strict diet all year round. He can't fuck around oh, no. once or twice. He's got it. I mean, he's not going to make the weight. No. Going up to 185, you can eat. You can, you know, be strong. That. He's I still just, he's still not going to be a small 85er no, like he's a big all. dude. But not at all. Fighter suffers memory loss after brutal knockout at Dana White's Power Slap League. UFC president Dana White recently launched his new combat sports venture, the Power Slap League, which made its television debut on January 18th. The highly controversial sport involves two competitors slapping each other until one of them gets knocked out or concedes. The very first episode started with a welterweight bout between Chris Thomas and Chris Kennedy, which resulted in Kennedy absorbing a brutal shot to the face. Kennedy dropped to the floor unconscious, and after a long period of unresponsiveness, Thomas was declared the winner. After regaining consciousness, Kennedy looked dazed and confused by his surroundings and seemed like he could not place himself properly. He failed to recollect that he even competed in the competition and was unable to stand up without support. Volkanovsky can't wait to see how Jones will fare against Cyril Ghosn. Alexander Volkanovsky believes that John Jones will face a unique challenge when he faces Cyril Ghosn. Jones, who has not fought in three years, will fight Ghosn for the vacant heavyweight title in the UFC 285 headliner on March 4. Volkanovsky stated on his YouTube channel that Jones wrestling is next level and that he outwrestles most of the guys in the heavyweight division. But Gon's range and movement is something that Jones has not faced before. Let's hear it from the man himself. I'm fighting for that. That's going to be a good fight, man. Both very, very technical. Obviously, even though John Jones is a, a light heavyweight, a natural light heavyweight, his wrestling's next level. I think he out-wrestles most of the guys in heavyweight. But Gon's range and movement I don't know if uh, John Jones has really dealt with that that type of high level striking. And now it's a heavyweight. Very, very interesting fight. Uh, so I'll be uh, definitely tuning into that. I can't wait for that. Conor McGregor. I could potentially be the Joe Rogan of Power Slap. Conor McGregor, a former champion in two weight classes in the UFC, has responded to the launch of Dana White's Power Slap League. After his last match with Dustin Poirier in July 2021, McGregor has not returned to the octagon, and it seems he may not. Instead, he teased about becoming a commentator for the Power Slap League. He said, If anything, Power Slap is showing the importance of turning back your shoulder and torquing your torso into the shot. Turning of the hip, potentially the wrong terminology being used. Hips less important? Possible also. Turn your shoulder back and torque fully into strike. Knockout. Then he tweeted, I could potentially be the Joe Rogan of Power Slap. Brandon Moreno emerged victorious by TKO in the third round and unifies the flyweight championship belt. Moreno delivered a significant left hook in the third round, followed by what appeared to be an eye poke, but the referee allowed the fight to continue. Moreno took advantage of Figueredo's distraction and regained control of the fight, keeping him on the ground until the end of the round.
The doctor examined Figueiredo's eye before the fourth round, and due to the swelling, the official called for the fight to be stopped. If Davis and Figueiredo cannot see out of that right eye, the doctor is going to stop him. Meanwhile, here are some of the comments from the pros. Fair play. It's impossible to fight with one eye. Dominant performance regardless. Viva Mexico. Clean strike. Great fight. Nothing dirty at all. Clean shot by the new champion Brandon Moreno. He really outclassed Figgy tonight. He was cruising. What did the winner had to say about it? The, the punch that started the finish, right? He grabbed his eye and suggesting it was an eye poke. To me, it looked like a punch. Did you think I've definitely got him and he's faking or that I've heard him? How did you feel when he saw his reaction? Man, uh, and I think that's why the people was like very angry at the end, maybe. But so I saw the replay, actually. The, the guy, he, he kicked me. I passed the leg and I throw the, the, the hook. The hook was clear, man was clear, clear right in his uh, right uh, eye. And then maybe that's why the, the people's a little com confused because I pushed his hand with my, uh, his face with my hand. But I mean, my, my hand was like in this position, wasn't here. So I don't know, maybe that's why the people was a little bit mad with me. But what can I say, man? I mean. Jamal Hill dominates Glover Texera over five rounds in what was the former champion last bout in the octagon. The match was an epic and brutal battle between Hill and Texera that even after 25 minutes of the end, still happening. Hill was overcome with emotion as the new champion and couldn't hold back his tears. He said, from where I came from to get to this, it's unreal. Anything's possible. Hard work. Dedication. Accountability. Don't let nobody tell you nothing. Too many people said I had to win in one round. I couldn't go five. What the fuck you gotta say now? Let's hear him out. The world, anything's possible. Hard work, dedication, uh, accountability. Don't let nobody tell you nothing. Too many people try to tell me I couldn't do it. It was impossible. I needed to win in one round. I couldn't go five. What the fuck you gotta say now? Hill won all five rounds on all three scorecards, including one by a two-point margin. And after this epic battle, Teixeira, who had cuts on his left eyelid and above his right eyebrow, spoke in Portuguese to the crowd before dropping his gloves in the center of the cage, signifying his retirement after 21 years as a pro. He said, I felt great. I did everything right. I think I'm too tough for my own good, too tough for my own health. I can't keep up anymore. It's an honor to put the gloves down the same night as Chauvin. Let's hear it from the former champion. Yeah, in reality, you know, I think I'm too tough for my own good, too tough for my own health. You know, I can't keep up anymore. I'm going to focus my energy on Alex Pereira, on Poitain. He's going to keep his belt for a while, then go up to light heavyweight. You know, it's an honor to, to put, put the gloves down on the same night as Shogun. I wish we were in the Hoist Gracie area where we can just go no rounds and keep going in this shit, but, you know, we're not, and i just not keeping up anymore. The MMA community had a night to remember, and you can see it all over social media. Incredible career Glover takes era, a true legend. Brazil fan said, I got something on the stove at home. I gotta run. That performance by Jamal was beautiful, well-earned. My man got six kids. He'll making sure they eat. What a step-up performance against the always tough, skilled, and durable Glover takes era.
Jiri Prohaska sends a message to Jamal Hill after UFC 283. Jiri Prohaska wasted no time sending a message to Jamal Hill following the latter's title-winning performance in the main event of UFC 283. Hill ended up putting on the best performance of his career to defeat Teixeira at UFC 283, but Prohaska quickly took to Twitter after the event to call out the newly crowned champion. Take a look. Congratulations. I'm coming. I'm coming! The shadow of Prohaska will no doubt loom large of the UFC's light heavyweight division until the 30-year-old is able to return. But it will be interesting to see how long the promotion waits before booking Hill's first title defense. There are certainly some that feel Prohaska is still the division's champion considering he never actually lost the belt. But there was also considerable discussion around the UFC 282 main event and whether or not Anka Lev should have left his fight with Blahovish as champion. Whatever the future may hold for his title reign, Hill's victory at UFC 283 is a tremendous achievement for the 31-year-old. Joe Rogan explains why Paddy Pimblett's controversial win over Jared Gordon could land him in trouble. Pimblett fought Gordon at UFC 282 in December last year with the judges awarding a unanimous decision win to the baddie. The majority of the mixed martial arts community labeled the decision a robbery, with MMA Junkie even awarding the bout robbery of the year for 2022. On episode number 134 of the Joe Rogan Experience MMA show, Rogan and guest Bilal Muhammad revisited the Patty Pimblet versus Jared Gordon fight. Rogan shared that he believes Gordon deserved the judge's nod, and that Pimblet could find himself out of depth when he takes on a step-up in competition. The UFC commentator said, People are gonna be rooting against him now in the next fight, and so now he's gonna go in there against someone who's on another level. Let's listen to the main man himself. Yeah, that, he got fucked, and that's unfortunate. You know, I don't like when someone gets by just because they're famous and they have this big personality and, and everybody loves them. The problem with that is people are going to be rooting against him now in the next fight. And so yeah. now he's going to go in there against someone, and maybe he's going to go in against someone who's on another level, like one more level up, and he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, and for a guy like him, I just don't think that he really wants it that bad. If you're going out of camp and you're getting up to 200 pounds, 210, and mm -hmm. you're getting that big, you're not in the training room. Uh, for me, I'm in the practice room all day. I don't care if I have a fight or not a fight. And it's just building skills in between fights. Jose Aldo reveals crazy gift left by Conor McGregor. It was announced during the UFC 283 broadcast that Aldo would be inducted into the promotion's Hall of Fame later this year, and the 36-year-old spent some time answering questions following the event. One media member asked Aldo if he could confirm a rumor that McGregor had placed a pair of red panties on his door after UFC 200, which the Brazilian was happy to confirm was true. I didn't do anything with it. But maybe, you know, I could even get my missus to wear it or something, Aldo said. Take a listen. Yeah, it was just uh, good, good hearted, you know, light hearted fun. You know, uh, I think it was, uh, we were in Red Rock, owned by Lorenzo in Vegas, and uh, we were like 
face to f uh, window to window, and uh, there was a night that I beat um, Frankie Edgar, and um, so he just sent it out, you know, as a lighthearted joke. Uh, I didn't do anything with it, um, but maybe, you know, could even get my missus to wear it or something. <laughs> Islam Makachev confirms Habib's status for UFC 284. If there were any doubts about Habib's commitment to leaving mixed martial arts, one need not look any further than a report that emerged over the weekend. Recently, it was revealed that Habib Nurmagomedov would be stepping away from mixed martial arts to spend more time with his family and attend to matters outside of the sport. The timing of this departure was considered curious by some seeing as how Makachev is set to defend his lightweight championship against Alexander Volkanovsky in a matter of weeks. Due to such a monumental superfight quickly approaching, it was worth wondering if Habib would consider delaying his mixed martial arts departure until after February 11th. However, according to Nico Pajarillo of Fox Sports, Islam Makachev himself has confirmed that this will not be the case. Islam Makachev has told me Habib will not corner him at UFC 284 in Perth. The tweet reads, Figueredo suffered broken nose in UFC 283 fight against Brandon Morano. Davison Figueredo suffered his second loss in four meetings with Brandon Moreno in the UFC 283 co-main event this past weekend. The Brazilian lost by way of TKO via Dr. Stoppage after three rounds in front of his home crowd in Rio de Janeiro. Moreno was on top through three frames and connected with a beautiful left hook in the third. Figueredo's face received the full impact of Moreno's hook with both his eye and nose being hurt in the process. Now, it's emerged that it wasn't the Brazilian's eye that suffered the most, with Figueiredo breaking his nose due to the impact of the punch. His coach confirmed the diagnosis to MMA fighting and described it as a minor nose fracture. He said, he had a small nose fracture, but his eye is fine. Henry Cejudo claims Brandon Moreno is out of order. Triple C, recently shared his thoughts on Moreno's comments at UFC 283 on his YouTube channel. Cejudo claimed that it came across as disrespectful to the Brazilian audience. Furthermore, he noted that it was likely part of why Moreno wound up getting pelted by the crowd on his way out. You just called the Brazilian people dogs, Cejudo said. I wouldn't say that right after. Maybe when you're with your Mexican people, you say that, and they'll get it. I just think what he said was out of line and out of context. I could also see what he was trying to say or mean by that. Let's hear it from Triple C himself. Of course, man. You just called the Brazilian people dogs. Like, viva Mexico perros. Like, it almost like... Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I, I wouldn't say that right after... You know, maybe if you're with your Mexican people and you say that, I think they'll get it. But... I, think, I just think what he said was just out of, out of line and out of context, but I could also see what he was trying to maybe say or mean by then. Maybe he just got excited and said the word perro dogs. Like, it, it's like, if, if you've translated it, it's like, you know, long live Mexico, you dogs. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of what, what Kobe ended up pulling out. So they started throwing all kinds of beer. <clears throat> And other things like that, if you see him walking out, it's an experience he'll probably never forget. But uh, I think I think that's B-roll for the Pantoja versus Devis Figueredo fight.
Bilal Mohammed fires back at Gilbert Burns for accusations of ducking him. Following his impressive first-round finish of welterweight veteran Neil Magny at UFC 283, Gilbert Burns put the rest of his division on red alert, calling out the division and its ranked contenders for ducking him. One such contender, Bilal Muhammad, hit back at Burns, suggesting that the level of competition he faced in Magny did not warrant a call-out as strong as the one Burns issued. On his Twitter, remember the name lashed out at Burns. I just beat number five, Wonderboy. I beat number five, Luke, and I had to fight them back-to-back. So then I'm looking at number four, Gilbert. Should be the next step, but I got ducked. So then I had to go downward to number 15-0, number, uh, number seven, John Brady. Beat him because I was ducked. So I'm glad, I'm glad you guys aren't falling into this narrative. I'm glad the world, smart with the smart world, would understand that Sean Brady's just a white version of Gilbert without the fro. So why would I duck him? I appreciate you guys, Rankers. I appreciate you guys. You guys are smart. Congratulations on beating number 14, Neil Magny, who would probably lose to Jake Paul. Congrats, man. Congrats. Israel Adesanya gets emotional after seeing Jamal Hill crowned champ. During a recent video uploaded to his YouTube channel, Israel Adesanya can be seen reacting to the fights that were on offer this past Saturday at UFC 283. In terms of the headliner inside Rio de Janeiro's Junesi Arena, the last stylebender suggested that Hill's performance and post-fight display of emotion has further lit a fire under him as he seeks two-time champ status in 2023. Take a look. Did watching the belt get wrapped around Jamal fire up yeah. to be and you? 100%. Like, cause I, it, I remember, I remember. Even look, looking at him, like, you know, black boys tall and seeing the way he just going through it, I could relate. So yeah, I am fired up. I am fired up. I was already fired up. Now it's time for our take. What's next for the light heavyweight division? The light heavyweight division has had four champions over the past three years since the relinquishing of the championship belt by John Jones, who's making one of the most hyped up comebacks of all time on March in a different weight class, and now has become even more interesting with the newly minted champion Jamal Hill and the retirement of Glover Texera. Former champion Jiri Prohaska is out injured, but already training to get the belt that in theory was never taken away from him. We also have a young, dangerous top contender in Anka Lev waiting in line after coming out of one of the closest fights of last year against former champion Jan Blahovish, who, by the way, is still in the title picture. However, with the division being so competitive among their top contenders and the lack of fighters who could really bring the heat media-wise, this opens up the opportunity for fighters from other divisions to take a claim at the light heavyweight belt. Names like Hamzat Chimaev, Alex Pereira, and even Israel Adesanya are all potential shouts for the belt. We at MMA Gold News believe Jamal Hill will defend his title this summer against Jiri Prohaska to solidify his status as the undisputed light heavyweight champion, then gets a super fight against Alex Pereira at the end of the year if Pereira keeps his middleweight belt. Thank you for listening to another edition of Our Take. Let's get back to the news. Jiri Prohaska claims Jamal Hill is the best 
on paper light heavyweight. In a recent interview on the MMA Hour with Ariel Helwani, Denisa shared his thoughts of Hill versus Teixeira, as well as who he thinks the best light heavyweight in the world is right now. The Czech star was quick to remove himself from the discussion and focus on the rest of the division more impartially. I don't want to speak about me because I want to be focused on being healthy, to be ready to fight. Prohaska explained, on the paper, right now, it's Jamal Hill, yeah, on the paper, but I'm still here, and I work on that, to be back, and to be the best. Let's listen to the former champion himself. Who's the best light heavyweight on the planet right now? <laughs> I know, I don't, I don't want to speak about, I don't want to speak about, uh, about me because I have, to, I have, I want to be, I want to be focused for, <laughs> for to be, to be, to be healthy, to be, to be ready to fight. And on the paper right now is the Jamal, yeah, on the paper. But I'm st I'm still here, and I'm work on that to be to be back to be on the paper to be the best. But normally, I'm taking myself like the best on light heavyweight on the world. That's that's my that's my opinion. Conor McGregor refutes allegation of 2022 yacht attack. McGregor never ceases to appear in headlines, and that's currently the case after he was accused of assaulting a woman on his yacht in Ibiza last July. Talk of an attack happening on the vessel first arose weeks after the incident, with reports noting that an individual who grew up in the same neighborhood as McGregor had reported an assault at Sundrive Garda Station in Crumlin, having returned home from Spain. McGregor was initially cleared of being involved in any wrongdoing by Spanish investigators, but troubling claims have now emerged that state the notorious superstar kicked and punched the alleged victim, forcing her to flee the boat into the water. McGregor's spokesperson, Karen Kessler, has released a statement expressing McGregor's vehement denial of the actions he's accused of. Mr. McGregor is steadfast in his denial of all the accusations made by a guest on his boat, the statement read. That's all for this week's episode. Make sure to follow our show and tune in to next week's episode so you don't miss any details about the UFC. Thanks for listening. See you next week.